1: Good morning. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the things I totally believe in is learning from the best. One of the things I totally believe in is getting some perspective on the past. So with that said, I want to dedicate this first whole segment to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett had his annual shareholder meeting this weekend, of which it's easy to look at him and say, okay, he's 80-something? God, I wish my brain worked that well at 80-something. Right? That's where you start. He's on it. He's a good investor. He's no longer the greatest investor. He's too big to be the greatest investor. And what I mean by that is his fund is just too large. So he'll tell you, I'm not looking to beat the up markets. That's not what he does. What he's looking to do is to pace and win the race over the long term and get reasonable returns at work. Warren Buffett is a... Variable riches of content when it comes to things that come out of his mouth. Things that come out of my mouth, disgusting. You don't even want to see some of the plaque, tartar buildup, stuff coming out, so to speak. Things that come out of his mouth, you want to pay attention to as closely and as intimately as you can. So we all know about his great quotes. You know, uh, I can go over those a plenty. He's, you know a fundamentalist on investing, you know. Once he said, you don't have to be a genius to invest well. He said, quote, you don't need to be a rocket scientist. Investing is not a game where the guy with 160 IQ beats the guy with 130 IQ. And he's right. So, over the weekend, he starts talking about the headline news. And I think this is probably the best way to look at the world right out of the gate. On Ukraine, he said, off the bat... Rather than address the in turmoil directly, he does not consider these types of skirmishes when he invests in companies. No, 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 no. We don't need to be all the Russia, Ukraine thing. I don't have that much content on it. He says, I never really buy businesses based on macro factors. He noted that he invested in his first business in the wake of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Right there. You worried about Ukraine? Okay. That's you, not me. On the stock market. He was asked if the mom-and-pop investor really could get a fair shot, as some argue that the market is actually rigged. He was a little skeptical that the $20 trillion-plus stock market could actually be rigged. People should stop calling it the stock market, and he said, it's American business. Now, you've heard me on this show, and again, I'm not comparing myself to Buffett, but I've said it's capitalism. I invest in the fact that when I was driving to work today, I saw a lot of people on the road. I saw a lot of people in the gas station. I saw a lot of people at the 7-Eleven. I saw a lot of people doing business and heading towards business. And I think he's right. I think the stock market is American business. But I'm going to take it one further and say it's American business a la capitalism. You don't see a lot of egregiousness on the business side of the model. You know, I have a little business here. I do a radio show. I can tell you my salary is not higher than what the advertisers is bringing in. I can tell you my board ops salary is not higher than what the advertisers are bringing in. I can tell you the station is making money off the show. So he says investing in capitalism is investing in American business. So he's not skeptical that it's rigged. On the U.S. economy. He said, quote, exactly what's been going on since the fall of 2009 continues. Moderate but consistent growth for four and a half years. Every now and then we get excited about a speeding up, and every now and then we get a little bit worried about a double depth in terms of what we actually see. It's been almost a straight line, but not at the kind of slope that people would like, but not flat either. So he's not saying it's cold it's not hot, and it's not cold. But it, it's underperformed historical returns, but it's still okay. He says we haven't gotten wildly optimistic, we haven't gotten wildly pessimistic. Emphasizing things are pretty steady. On the weather, on the cold Arctic blast freeze that we're experiencing, the polar vortex. He said, Quote, it's certainly a factor our railroads don't work as well and those things compound. The biggest risk to the United States would be earthquakes in New Zealand. Buffett said, recognizing their hurricane insurance business has been very good to his company. On selling Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, and American Express. As Buffett goes, a lot of investors go. They follow his moves. None of the stocks are forever, but they're very long terms. Said Buffett to a question on whether he planned on selling those stocks, American Express, Wells Fargo, and Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola seems to have been the most controversial stock that he talked about, in large part saying, you know, they got problems ahead. On IBM, he said the financial performance has been pretty good, but it's been helped with low tax rates. He said it's fair to say I know less about the future of IBM than I do about Wells Fargo or Coca Cola. In terms of the price action, that means little to me. The fewer the shares outstanding, the better. I like it. I'd like to see the revenues pick up. We bought a few more shares last year, but not May. We bought a few shares this year. So he's not really saying much about IBM, is he? He's a big holder of IBM. He tends to go for companies. He says, you know, that, that he can hold for the long term. On railroads, he's still very bullish on the idea in the industry. The futures of railroads, very good. On the Keystone Pipeline, he said, it's a very good idea for our country. I'd vote yes. On being considered too big to fall or too big to fail, he said, we have never have any significant short-term debt. We always have bundles of cash, it's very unlikely we'd be categorized like that. We're large, but ExxonMobil is large, it's very unlikely we'd be categorized like that. So he's not considered a a banking failure. A lot of people want Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway to pay a dividend. He likes investing his money. He likes going out and finding things to go. He says, on raising the minimum wage, it really cuts both ways. You'd like to have people getting paid more, but you also want more people employed. I could argue both sides. What you really should do is increase the earned income tax credit. I think you can accomplish way more through the earned income tax credit. There's trade-offs on the minimum wage, and you could do all these studies, but they don't know. Fair. I like that he says, I could argue both sides, right? Sounds about right. Sounds intelligible. Greatest thing that Obama could do to create jobs, Warren Buffett said this week, and further fiscal stimulus would increase job growth, but you pay a price for that. He disagrees with the view that the Fed's low-interest policy is exasperating the issue. Um, On Ukraine, as World War III or the next Cold War, he said the last thing you'd want to do is hold money during a war. During World War II, the stock market advanced. You're going to be a lot better off holding productive assets over the next 50 years over stocks. Uh, or Bitcoin. He talked about Bitcoin. He said, it's not a currency. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't around in the next 10 to 20 years. It's being priced off the dollar. It's not that durable means of an exchange. So he trashed Bitcoin, threw them under the bus. Um, on activist investing, a lot of people have a problem with the way Carl Icahn goes out, takes a position, then gets on CNBC and talks about it. He said, quote, the way some people use the word shareholder value kind of puzzles me. He used this in reference to Carl Icahn's push for Apple to buy more stock. He said that Apple's refusal to go all the way with Icahn's proposal likely a sign that it was looking to do the same thing. Um, interesting. Good stuff. You can learn a lot by listening to Buffett and studying him. His quotes may be better than his shareholder letter, but a shareholder letter a better reflection of the current economy. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. AM
2: 1220. matter to Putin in six months? Does he care whether it's... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm
1: kind of a sucker for songs that are epic like this. I don't know. I suppose I am what I am, right? 800 516 twelve twenty to get calls on air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Russian stocks are getting obliterated. One reason why Vladimir Putin may have to stop and go oh, gotta be careful here. Can't do the old Rocky Cold War invaded country because I want to thing. It's already paying an economic price. Russian Central Bank was forced to hike interest rates from five point five percent to seven percent to stem the plunging Russian ruble. The market has already been quite bearish on Russian assets this year, particularly the ruble, but the prospects of sanctions and an expensive conflict are leading to swift punishment by the market. You don't have to look too far to, to learn why Putin's having problems in Russia. Some of the assertions, uh, you know, he said the legitimate head of state that was supposed to remain in office has officially been ousted from the country so he's setting up a case of why I want to own the Ukraine political power in Kiev has been concentrated in the hands of far right extremists he said they do little to hide their xenophobic anti-semitic neo-fascist credentials during the night of March 1st unknown armed men sent from Kiev tried to seize the building of the Crimea Interior Ministry very precarious So within context, as many as 143,000 people from Ukraine have applied for asylum in Russia over the past two weeks. So maybe he already has the Ukraine, or at least the wealthiest people from the Ukraine. So what's going to happen here? If I were to tell you that I had the answer on political instability, I, I don't. And with that said, I'm not stressed. Let a market correction happen because of this, and I'll invest. I think that's enough. Survivor. It banned as Survivor, though, wasn't it? I have Tiger. So, anyhow, Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg is planning to run for Senate. Whoa. That means she ain't going to be long for Facebook? Maybe? Is that the assumption? We consider her to be a kind of a stabilizing force in Mark Zuckerberg's life. She'll likely challenge sitting California Democrat Senator Barbara Boxer in a primary. That seat is open in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, grain of salt for sure. You can't take that story as anything but a grain of salt. So there's a lot of backers who would like a Sheryl Sandberg run. Would Sandberg want to leave CEO of Facebook to do this? Would she want to go and be CEO at a bigger company first or foremost? Is Senator more important than running a company? Hmm. So Senator Dianne Feinstein, her seat, you know, maybe she's going to retire in 2018. So, interesting, right? So now, more so than ever, you're really learning that, Success or failure starts at the top, and that would be a blow to Facebook, but will they have the depth of management team to replace her if that were the case? Cheryl Sandberg came from Google. Google's created tons, not tons, excuse me. Google's created a veritable plethora of CEOs and COOs and other companies. Um, Sandberg, when she was at Google, she helped build their sales force, Obviously, uh, popular for women's rights. So, the Feminist Manifesto Lean In. The marketing of which has at times felt like the beginning of a movement or a campaign. So, we'll see what she pulls off. I think, uh, to be fair, she's someone to watch. Take a look at the market numbers today. We've got the SP 500 down 16, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 166. The NASDAQ down 50. Okay, so just playing with this concept here, Wall Street drops on the threat of war from Ukraine. Again, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. I have no other choice but to invest in the stock markets over time. I don't believe in going all in or all out. I don't believe in saying this is the only way to do things or this is, you know, I have to get money out. Otherwise, I'm going to lose everything. So, on a day where Wall Street suffers some weakness, I may take a look at some companies that have nothing to do with Russia, that have nothing to do with Ukraine. Then again, that's where I would look for strength, where I would look for weakness and value. I would look for stocks that have something to do with Russia, something to do with Ukraine. Can it get worse before it gets better? Oh, yeah. You betcha, as uh, our good friends from Fargo would say. So McDonald's, in the news today, their Mighty Wings campaign failed mightily. That's a reminder that when you read press releases, not to fall in love with the story.
3: Bye, 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 bye. I'm
1: it. McDonald's, Mighty Wings are such a flop that the fast food chain is just trying to break even at this point in time. They've resorted to chicken wing clearance. The fast food chain is now selling the wings for about 60 cents each, compared with the original price of about a buck each. So, the Wall Street Journal reported that McDonald's still has about 10 million wings to sell. That's a lot of wingless chickens out there in the world. Um, CEO saying they're not a smash hit. Now, again, when they were rolled out, stories were, and the stories out of my mouth were hey, chicken's a lot cheaper than beef. Um, they're a company that can source at a very low cost. But, again, they flopped. McDonald's priced them as a premium product. When, you know, 369 for a pack of three, five fifty-nine for a pack of five, nine sixty-nine for a pack of ten. They priced them very similar to Buffalo Wild Wings. The spice, a little bit too spicy for most customers. They looked more like chicken McNuggets with bones than like Buffalo Wild Wings. Um so, economically speaking, people are still struggling. They want something a little bit more tried and true for their hard-earned money. So, McDonald's has a L fl- El Floppo on their hands. Um, Disney in the news today, for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Disney's... It is a small world, after all. A little lower on the volume there, but keep it going. The Walt Disney Company... They're going to cut funding to the Boy Scouts of America beginning in 2015 because of the policy that bans gay adult leaders in the organization. Boy Scouts organization is disappointed. It's going to affect their ability to serve children. Disney will not provide funding to the Boy Scouts, but it donates money to some troops in exchange for volunteer hours completed by Disney employees. And Disney said, we think every child deserves to have the opportunity of being a scout. Interesting how corporate politics plays out. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com AM
2: 1220.
3: I'm up the I wipe my brow and my sweat chemical
2: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
3: KDOW This is the apocalypse Thanks
1: for listening to the show. I know you have a lot of options out there. I do wildly appreciate it. There's everything I can do for you. Let me know. I try my best. Keep in mind, this is limited in the sense that investing is about a personal plan, and a lot of your personal issues play into it. It's not science as much as it is an art. So be patient with yourself. Learn some mistakes in your 20s. It's a great thing. I strongly believe in letting children invest because you start getting some stakes and you start getting some concepts growing inside that little fertile head that is your children. There's websites that you can do it cheaply if you want. Uh, Companies like Buy and Hold are out there. If you want to buy one share of Disney, you can. I would prefer that you do that than buy your kids' cheap plastic toys. But again, that's just me not being crazy and such. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's take a look at the market numbers. One of the things that I'm seeing is Zulilia a stock that I talked about last week when it was a very cheap stock um, compared to where it is today, it has had a big move. Uh, we talked about it right around forty eight, forty four. It's now at sixty eight, sixty nine. They're an online retailer, kind of flash sales, but high quality flash sales. So you feel like you're getting a bargain. Moms love it. SP five hundred down sixteen. The Dow's down one hundred and sixty seven. The Nasdaq down forty four. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. We're talking retirement issues. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. dot com. If you have retirement issues, financial planning issues, he's your man. Let's talk about retirement and cost associated with it. I know everyone thinks of, oh, I'm going to have to spend money on a vacation. Oh, I'm going to have to spend money on children. That's kind of like a living cost. And then there's a health care cost with Medicare. Let's talk about the tax cost in retirement. What can you tell us that we need to know?
4: Well, everybody's different, so you can't use any kind of rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> we always come back to a rule of thumb. Yeah, well, because they, they're most of the time worthless. Okay. Uh, People retire with different types of accounts, whether it's low-basis stock, high-basis stock, cash that's not taxed, certain amount of muni funds that are tax-free bonds, 401Ks that are 100% taxable when you pull them out, Roths that are tax-free. You really have to run simulations. Once you figure out how much you're going to spend in retirement, then you've got to model your portfolio withdrawal so you can model what your tax bill is going to be. You've got to realize at age 70 you have to pull money out of your 401Ks and, Roth, and, and IRAs, and uh, not Roths, but your, your pre tax retirement accounts, and your tax bill can change again. So you have to model those out and that is one of the biggest failures. So modeling, not modeling inflation and not modeling the correct tax bill in retirement is two of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to do things on their own. And then not realizing certain extra hidden tax traps. Uh, people that take a lot of gains when you're in their portfolio sell a real estate property, whatever. It can cause their Social Security to be either more taxable or Taxed, And so Social Security, if, if one half of your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free bonds, is that, if that's over 42000 85% of your Social Security is taxable. A lot of people don't factor that in. If you make over a certain amount, you could pay two to three times as much for your Medicare Part B, called a surtax, that people might not be thinking about. Sir? Surtax. Sir, I'm going to give you a tax bill. <laughs> so it's only for sirs. madams. they do not have to pay.
1: Oh, good God. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Chad. This sucks. I, you know, I, you, right now you're, you're basically ruining my life. You're talking about taxes and retirement.
4: We have a plague of people being not prepared for retirement or retiring too early. It is literally, it's like, it's, it's the apocalypse of retirement planning.
1: Every day I add up my money, like Scrooge McDuck. I count every single coin. Do you bathe si- in it? Sometimes. I can smell that. I do pearls. I add up everything <laughs> that I own, right? Like one. Two, three. I just
4: normal bathing, by the way.
1: Long story short, the thing that I, I hate is, like, let's just hypothetically say I'm worth $8 million. I'm really not worth $8 million because taxes automatically are going to suck part of that out. Right. Whether it's when I die on an estate or whether I'm, I'm
4: spending money, like, taxes just, they're a, a silent
1: killer in retirement.
4: Yeah. You know, if you're worth $8 million and you die yeah. and you haven't done any correct estate planning... Okay. Anything over 5.2, well, about 5.35 million now with, with inflation, is taxed starting at you know 40% rates on up. So you're talking about, oh, you've died, you're successful, you've made a lot of money. Uh, uncle Sam, give him a couple million bucks.
1: Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm planning on for death and retirement, is I'm going to let my bastard children fight for the money with Uncle Sam. Literally, Uncle Sam. I've got an uncle named Sam, <laughs> and then I'm going to bring the real Uncle Sam in, government, the IRS, and they're all going to fight for it.
4: Sweet. <laughs> you should buy items with all of your money that are really hard to sell and liquidate. Like what? I, I don't know. I don't know. How about uh, a yacht? Toys, like collectible toys or comic books. G.I. <laughs> Joe's. Just loads and loads of it so your kids have to spend like months and months and months on eBay trying to get rid of the stuff. And then I should leave like
1: just strange things to the children. <laughs> I,
4: I bequeathed my... Treasure hunts? My, my bastard <laughs> child.
1: Exactly. Treasure hunt. Everything else is left as is a treasure hunt. My throne. And it will be like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> my throne and all the wealth inside of it. Um, anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. Um, anything else that we need to know as far as taxes and retirement? Like,
4: Can you even plan for this? Yeah, you can. You can... You can plan for it for sure. You have to plan for it. If you're retiring without a detailed cash flow analysis, yeah, you are insane. It just it it's crazy how many people because again, like I've said this before, but the difference between if if you're retiring at 64 and running the simulation where you have, you know, you're running out of money at age 85, 90. If you worked two more years, you'd have enough money to last till age 100. Just just a couple more years. Because if you think about it, rather than drawing on your portfolio for two years, you're not only feeding it, but it's also compounding. And so it's like, you know, it gets you so far ahead with compound numbers that you're, you, you really need to model your success rate. You need to have conservative growth estimates in your portfolio, higher than expected taxes, um, and inflation to make sure you have enough.
1: I've heard that there's some Ameriprise financial planners, or financial people, because they're not really planners, that they'll actually give you a financial plan with a pistol, and basically, like, just in case this doesn't work out the way I think it does,
4: <laughs> no comment. No comment. Don't tie me to that, that well, comment said, in any way, shape, or form. No, you said to make
1: it last till eighty-five. But just in case <laughs> just I was wrong with case. some assumptions, anyway, you can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. He is a great financial planner. Um, follow him at KDOW on uh, AM twelve twenty show from one to two. New focus on wealth. CFP, dot com. And I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. General Motors is in some heat right now on a recall. Some inaction when they knew there was a problem. How fast did they make it known to the government, and how fast did they issue a recall? So you're going to see a resurgent in General Motors. They've twice apologized already. The recall for them is a major embarrassment. It's trying to say, hey, we're not that company who was just in bankruptcy, who was taken over by the government, and now they face an investigation by the safety agency in the United States over possible criminal investigation issues. Uh, Toyota, they're you know in a similar situation on the unintended acceleration of their vehicles. GM recall started back in February just a short couple months ago, right? 619,000 cars, and they doubled it last week. So GM's new CEO kind of walked into this. I don't know. If she, I guess she probably was briefed on it before she took the job for sure, right? She's promised a relentless focus on consumers. Now, this goes back in, you know, the Toyota acceleration issue. You may remember there's a pretty famous issue that came out of it. I believe an L.A. police officer and his family were in a Toyota that started to accelerate and there was a pretty famous 911 call and it ended tragically. Have people forgotten that and gone back to Toyotas? Probably. With that out there, you know, we've already talked today about executives and how important they are. Success or failure starts at the top. But also brand. You know, the one thing that probably pissed me off the most last night about the Academy Awards was everyone's like, did you see the selfie? Did you see the selfie? Uh, Ellen was on stage, you know. She pulled out a Galaxy phone. She got this massive, massive selfie of all these Hollywood celebrities. And people act like that was a spontaneous event. If you don't realize that was a product placement by Samsung, you are dumber than you you look. If you honestly saw that last night I was like, that's so cute, that's so in the moment, and then you cut to a commercial and you see Samsung, 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 how dumb are you? Answer that question right now. I just said the selfie was clearly a product placement. Did you realize that or were you impressed by the spontaneity of it? Because there was no spontaneity in it, to be fair. You tell me. So, um, Apple in the news today, there's stories out there about them getting put into cars, car play. It's really going to need Siri to be a stud. Siri can't be a dud if it works in cars. So, Daimler, Chrysler, Mercedes-Benz, Ferrari, Volvo. Not consumer mass market, but a start. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook, Cron 4 kron 4 Rob Black.
4: Security colas, you get uh, insurance, rebates, things like that uh, that affect...
2: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
1: So I'm a fan of David Bowie. The song Heroes, you heard Matthew McConaughey last night in his Oscar Academy acceptance speech talk about how his hero is himself in 10 years. Okay, that's kind of a bit odd. The song was... Written by David Bowie and Brian Eno. Brian Eno is one of the more powerful producers in the history of rock and roll, working with groups such as YouTube. YouTube. Kind of YouTube. So, Bowie went through, David Bowie, went through a, a period called the Very Fertile Berlin Period. This is a signature song. It's been... Tied to numerous advertisements, Wall Street digs it clearly. Main Street digs it. It's probably his most covered song, other than "Rebel Rebel." With that said, um, big fan. And uh, the concept of "I could be king and you could be queen" is that not the craziest, most romantic thing you could say to on a first date, second date, third date? I don't know, something. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, you know, the stories out there today, I'll be honest with you, they're not exactly riveting. I kind of wish that I could make some stories up at times and go, let's just go with this one. The whole Ukraine crisis is dominating the markets today. And I'm really good with that. There's marchers in Ukraine like Putin equals Hitler. They're showing Putin, keep your bloody hands off the Ukraine.
5: Do you know what the Ukraine is? It's a sitting duck.
2: A road apple, Newman.
5: The Ukraine is weak. It's feeble. I think it's time to put the
3: hurt on the Ukraine.
1: So... That's a little clip from Seinfeld, which will probably retire sooner than later. Because the whole Ukraine story, it's headline risk. And yes, will some people probably die? I would guess so. I don't pretend to be on Fox. I don't... News. I don't pretend to be on the the political shows Sunday morning. You don't want my political opinions. So I'm not stressed by them economically. And if they want to cause a stock market correction... All the power to the powers that be that are making these decisions. Apple's up slightly today, and Zulily's up slightly today on my little list that I'm watching, but not much else. People are saying, you know what? If tanks run over people or tanks start firing, I don't want to be involved in the market, so risk off. Gold's squeezing up. Russia's markets are getting hit, plus their currency. As likely, U.N. sanctions will come if they do anything uh, to provoke and or to take over. Gold's up 2.3% today, sitting at 1352 showing a little bit of fear. Crude oil sits up 104 almost $105 a barrel. But up, nonetheless, as people are fleeing to hard assets. Russia and their disruption of potential oil, yeah, it could cause a spike, a small spike in oil. It's not like the Middle East, as far as production goes, and as far as quality goes. So we're watching that ever so closely today. Warren Buffett has a pretty good quote out there today, saying, I'd like to see minimum wage, 15 bucks an hour. That's, whoa, like, okay. He admits that it wouldn't be a good idea, though. Okay. Okay. So on one hand you're like, Okay yes, okay no. He said if you could have a minimum wage of fifteen dollars and it didn't hurt anything else, I'd love it. But clearly that's not the case. He added he would not argue with President Obama's proposal for a modest increase to ten ten an hour from seven twenty five an hour. Buffett the second richest man in the United States behind only Bill Gates suggested a different way to help the working poor, and that's through an earned income tax credit which gives tax money back to those earning below a certain income level. Give people money, and they will spend it. It's a pretty novel idea, eh? He also said he doesn't really believe any studies on either side of the debate, which try to estimate job losses. He's a strong proponent of the government doing more to address income inequality. He says, quote, that's something a very rich country should address. He's long proposed a minimum tax for millionaires, as well as higher tax rates for top earners such as himself. There's all these famous issues a couple years ago where his tax return compared to his secretary's on a percentage of their salaries, she had more taken out than he did. Buffett said he once earned the minimum wage himself back in the 1950s. He worked for 75 cents an hour when he was working at J.C. Penney's. That tells you how old he is. Um, He said he doesn't have a figure on what his 330,000 employees at Berkshire Hathaway earned. What percentage earns minimum wage, what percentage earns higher, he doesn't know. So, he's an interesting cat. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, For a man who's well into his 80s, he's pretty smart. He's pretty on it. So, I'll say this. The day he dies, if it's before I die, I'm going to take a day off from work. And I'll probably take that death day off every day thereafter and make it kind of like a national holiday because he's the grandfather of investing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Bill Gates is the richest person in the world, again, dethroning Carlos Slim Hallo. I know you're saying, who? He's a Mexican billionaire. And, well, he owns many businesses that are thriving in Mexico. Mexico's up and coming. Mexico's up and came. Like, they're they're a growing force as far as quality of living. All we ever hear about is the poverty or the drug lords. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. I put up videos for my newscasts. And you can find me on Facebook, Cron4RobBlack. That's Cron4RobBlack.
2: Ah, the sound of small business getting busier. Can you tell which one is using A...
3: ...can help save the lives of up to three people, make a difference in the lives of others.
1: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial... Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, stocks, more. Um, how are you doing with saving for retirement? Latest IRS data says that the average individual refund so far is about $3,211. Will you save it? or we spend it on clothes or fun or entertainment, maybe a nice meal. 52% of those surveyed in a recent survey from Edward Jones said that if they were to get a refund, they'd spend it on necessary items like household expenses or credit card debt. Where are you spending your money at? I find that concept interesting. Um, I always look at, any sort of quote-unquote windfall, whether it be, you know, maybe something was overpaid and you get a check back. Maybe it was an IRS situation. Maybe it was a a bonus at the company. I always look at that as put it into savings. Spock has an opinion on that, which he wants to put it into blasters. No, 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 no. You don't buy guns with your IRS refunds. What you do with it is you put it into your savings automatically. You've boosted your savings. You've made retirement a little bit easier. Now, here's the flaw with my show. There's a chance that you don't care. There's a, a chance that you're like, you know what, Rob? I'm going to spend all my money and die.
2: I'm pity the fool.
1: Mr. T is right. Not a good idea. Not a good idea at all as far as retirement plan goes. Let's take a look. Let's take a looky loo. Let's take a looky loo at the Wall Street market numbers today. See how we're doing. Oh no! It's a bad day. That makes me sad. I'm the sad donkey of KDOW.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, the Dow's down 186. I feel like we could play that American Idol song, so you had a bad day. No, no, no. I've just sunk to new lows, quoting or pulling from American Idol. I'm sorry to my mother. I'm sorry to my family. I'm sorry to people, business associates. I apologize to the people I work with, to the people I'm future going to talk to. I've shamed myself, and I've stained myself. NASDAQ's down 46. Oh, no. No. The Dow is down 186. I look out below. You know, it's a good thing that I'm working on a one-story you know, one building right now, because, whoa, whoa. Only problem with that story is I just made it up. I'm in a four-story building. I could probably do some pretty da- good damage if I jumped off the roof, but I'm not going to. Because this market correction tied towards Russia and Crimea, like, how many people know anything about Crimea, or are you studying up on history as fast as you can? Right? S&P 500 down 18. So we're down 1% from all-time highs. Oh, my. What are we going to do? This is like, we need a good like afternoon special on, like, the market's down 1%. How are you going to talk to your mother about this? Do you feel shame talking to your father? Can you tell your spouse that your 401k is down one percent from its all-time high? Warren Buffett had a big meeting this weekend. I like Warren Buffett. Uh, I just I, I find him intriguing to say the least. To get your calls in the air, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Global stocks are getting hit over the Ukraine crisis. Is this an issue? Absolutely. Is this an issue to sell stocks? No. I don't think we have any other choice. As Warren Buffett said, the stock market is not some sort of rigged tournament. What it is, and for the record, Bill Gates is looking incredibly frog-like now. What the stock market is is a reflection on American business. Record 42 new, record 42... New women billionaires for a total of 172. Cheryl Sandberg joined that billionaire club last year. Uh, what do I have to say about that? Call me. If any billionaire woman or man wants to adopt me or make me the pool boy, I'm in. I'm in. Bill Gates reclaimed the top spot on the Forbes richest list this year after a four-year hiatus. He was propelled to the top because Microsoft had a good year after they said, we're going to replace our CEO and we're going to put a new one in. Gates is now valued at $76 billion compared with last year's $67 billion. Slim, $72 billion. Mexican's richest man. He has a controlling interest in the telecom company American Mobile, that dominates the landline and mobile phone networks in Mexico. Um, next on the list, Spanish retail mogul, Amancio Ortego. He's worth sixty-four billion dollars. Then comes Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, sitting at fifty-eight point two billion. He's kind of slum, slumming it at only fifty-eight billion dollars. Uh, Larry Ellison, forty-eight billion dollars. I love Larry Ellison. Something fascinating about him. Richest woman in the world is Christy Walton, which I wouldn't want her to adopt me. She's a member of the Walmart royalty, $36.7 billion. Her wealth got a big boost from a surge in First Solar, which she inherited from her husband, John Walton, who died in a crash in 2005. Uh, Zuckerberg made the biggest dollar gain on the list. He's sitting at 15.2 billion from the prior year. Oh, he jumped from 15.2 billion to 28.5 billion based on Facebook's rally. So he's the number 21 richest people on the planet, and he drives a $30,000 used car. Um, interesting, how the mighty have fallen. Saudi prince Alwaleed bin Talal. He dropped out of the top 20 ratings rig- rig- of billionaires. His, um I don't know, he's kind of interesting. He, he doesn't like Forbes saying what he's worth or what he's not worth. If Forbes wants to report on me and looking like a frog and being the richest man in the world, I'll take it. So, Gates claims the title. Good for him. Once again, the nerds. The nerds, they shall inherit this earth. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. There's really not a lot of good business stories out there today. If there were, I'd be talking more about them. You know, Apple introducing CarPlay technology for iPhone use in vehicles. Uh, Certainly, this is one of the big frontiers of battling cars and televisions, i.e. the living room, as well as the car. The car is the perfect, I mean, it is the ideal mobile play because Unlike your phone, it's got wheels. It really is mobile. You can find me online, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, robblackshow. YouTube, robblackshow. You can find me on Facebook. And by the way, at my webpage, I finally fixed the newsletter sign-up thing. You can um, sign up at robblack.com. I send out a newsletter, typically about once every four to six weeks. It's free. You can also find me on Facebook fan page, cron 4 Black.
2: 1220 KDOW traffic.
3: A new crash in Oakland in the Bay Area update brought to you by Garmin. Westbound 980 at 18th Street, an accident off to the right-hand shoulder. Westbound 580 at San Ramon, another solo car accident, that's off to the center divide. Eastbound 580 at North Flynn, two big rigs involved in this crash, that's off to the shoulder. And San Francisco, stalled car being pulled out of lanes northbound at 280 at 101. Lanes reopened northbound Highway 1 at La Honda and San Gregorio after an earlier head-on crash. Northbound 880 at Tennyson, a two-car crash, up Blocks the off ramp. Traffic there backed up from Alvarado Niles, Bay Bridge, Toplaza backed up to West Brand. Metering lights are on. Hate traffic, don't hate, drive happy. Get a Garmin Nuvi with subscription free HD digital traffic and avoid traffic and construction delays with updates delivered as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. For more traffic information, log on to signalert.com. I'm John Wu with your Bay Area traffic.
2: Savvy investors know where to find the best possible investment advice. And according to the expected an incomes come in up three tenths of a percent. Now this is ten a drop of one percent. That's a Bloomberg market minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
3: KDOW.
1: There's a gas pipeline, which is the, the biggest issue on the Ukraine. It's interesting to note, you know, countries like Indonesia, where you're like, eh, that doesn't matter that much. And then you're like, oh, there's a huge oil play there. Um, how this plays out, I don't know. I really don't. I'm more worried about the U.S. economy um, and the effects of, like, the Health Care Act than I am about Russia and the Ukraine. Will things get really horrible and make me look foolish? I hope so. No, no, I don't hope so. I hope not. I don't – if I look foolish, it's fine. I'm not a political expert, but this market has dealt with – a lot bigger issues, a lot bigger issues than Russia and Ukraine. You know, World War One, World War Two, assassinations of presidents, uh, Iraq One, Iraq Two, Korea, Vietnam. Like this is not that big of an issue. This is kind of like we'll get, we'll push through this. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Markets are not like in the Ukraine issue. Good reason to get a little pressure out of the markets. I'm good with that. SP 500 p down 17, the Dow down 182, and the NASDAQ down 45. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealth for clients, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little bit of mutual funds, and maybe let's take the angle of the introductory to a mutual fund. What do we need to know?
4: Well, I think it's a matter of comparing apples and apples. Okay. Um you know, with the whole idea of index investing and John Vogel from Vanguard, um, people got almost too fee sensitive. I mean, it's very important to look at fees when it comes to mutual funds, but people look at a large cap fund and see or – an, or an ETF, which now has four basis points. So four-tenths of one percent. You can invest in the entire market through things like iShares. Yeah. Um, and so then they look at an international fund and see fees of around one percent or more, and they think, oh, I'm not going to touch that international fund. No. The they issue understand. is is that yeah, that international funds are already just going to have higher fees because you you want boots on the ground in those countries that they're investing in. You want to have the analysts know the companies, visit the management, things like that. So there's already more cost. So fees when you look at the returns, especially if you're using Morningstar.com as a tool. The returns are net of fees, so you have to realize that. Sometimes you get what you pay for when it comes to fees. So what I like to concentrate on, what I always talk about, is when I'm investing in a broad sh- stroke of large-cap U.S. stocks and mid-cap um, mid U.S. stocks, that's where I really, really like to use index funds or ETFs. All right? um, or if I'm in a positive market for bonds where interest rates are steady and or coming down and all bonds look fairly attractive... Index funds or ETFs are a good way to go there. When it comes to small-cap international emerging markets or any alternative investments, you can, if you do the homework, find the funds that outperform the indexes. And what I mean by that is if you look at a, an, an index that's in you know, China, for example, a lot of times you look at that index and say, really, I don't want to own all of those companies that are in that index. I want a manager to be much more specific. So that's why I think managed funds in small-cap international emerging markets make more sense than index funds. Can I slow you down a bit? Sure. What does return net of fees mean? Well, so when you're seeing a return, um, you know, let's say you look at an a international index fund, like the MSCI index, and the return is 16%, but you see a managed mutual fund where the return for 2012 was 15 or 16% or 17%, 18%. It, it, those returns are showing you net of the fees. It's your real return. Okay. Um, so it has the fees built into the fees are built into the return. And but people still they look at the return and then they see the fees even though the return is lower, they say, Oh, the fee's much lower, so I'm gonna buy that fund. That's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's a bad way to shop. Yeah. Yep. Uh, shopping on price tag alone, sometimes you get lower quality. No, shopping on the way the the real way to shop for managed mutual funds too is is you look at you know, three, five, and ten year average returns. Yep. And then you look at consistency, you look at Items like know what standard deviation means. If a fund, has this, two funds have the same uh, longer-term returns, look at the standard deviation. The one with the lower standard deviation has more consistency, less volatility. Um, and then look at how long the manager's been there. Make sure the manager or the management team has been in place for the length of the track record um, because too many funds change when they get a new person at the helm. And it's interesting for me to look
1: at 10-year returns in large part because – you're just – you, you fired through that. You're like one, three, five, ten years. To me, 10 years means how did it do after 9-11? How did it do with Bush's president? How did it do with Obama's president? How did it do with uh, the 2008 market correction? How did it do with their recovery? Did it, out, did it outperform in good times? Did it underperform in bad times? Like, I need to know this stuff, or at least I need to think about it so I know I'm educated going into a, dis- a purchase.
4: Yeah, and you need to see – what happened, did they make big bets to get the returns? In other words, you want to look at the funds and, and realize what their you know annual holdings tend to be. They report to you on a quarterly basis, and if you start seeing too much weight in a certain sector where they're trying to make big bets to make up for mediocre returns, that's when you get a little bit wary of the fund and say, okay, well, they're, they're just trying to catch up and they're taking on too much risk. What do we need to know about alpha and beta of mutual funds? Well, beta is how how much risk – well, how much movement you're going to have versus whatever index is following. So if you have a large-cap fund and it has a beta of one, if the market moves up 5%, your fund's probably going to move up 5%. If it moves down 10%, your fund's probably going to move down 10%. Beta of less than one means it, it moves a little bit less. So is, the closer you get to retirement, the more you want to pay attention to the beta because you want exposure in those areas, but you want lower beta, lower volatility because you're drawing on your portfolio. Typically – uh, dividend-paying stocks that increase their dividends have a little bit lower beta in the long run, and that's why you focus more on that towards retirement. Alpha is a measurement of are you being compensated for the ex- extra risk that you're taking? So when you can run a portfolio through, say, Morning, Morningstar, and you're overweighting in small-cap, mid-cap, emerging markets, and taking on more risk, are you truly being compensated for that risk? And that's important, the, the more money that you have. At CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com.
1: He manages wealthy clients. You can learn more information about him at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the interesting stories out there today is that Apple's bringing the iOS to cars. That's cute. And, yes, that is a huge, huge opportunity. Year one, they're going to really need to make Siri get the experience right. But there's a story out there as well that Apple's hiring engineers in Asia to speed product launches. This, to me, is a bigger story. They're hiring Asian engineers, hundreds of new engineers, supply chain managers in China and Taiwan, as it attempts to speed up product development. The hiring push reflects Apple's need for more engineers to work with Asian suppliers on developing components of the iPhone and the iPhone iPad ecosystem. Recently, they've added several hundred new engineers and operations staff in China. A blitz of hiring. Interesting. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Welcome in, Rob Black, your money, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing and more. Little Edward Sharp man on fire. He did this on Letterman. (laughs) And at the end of the segment, uh, Edward Sharp in Magnetic Zero, it's a character he plays. Uh, His name's not really Edward Sharp, but his musical career, and he does compose and does a lot of things. Uh, Edward Sharp is sent to the the earth to save mankind, but he keeps falling in love with women. That kind of messes up the plans. I could not say that is the most awesome thing in the world. Uh, that makes me smile. Like, that's where we are with our savior of the universe. He falls in love with, with women. Right? That's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, to get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls on the air, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Alan DeGeneres was a big story last night um, tied towards the Academy Awards. Samsung was a big advertiser. And that big selfie that's going around, it, it kind of makes me angry because, to me, it's egregious that, you know, Samsung is a big Oscars winner because of the selfie, that was product placement. That was not a random moment. Ellen never mentioned Samsung, but the Samsung logo was big and clear, and it wasn't blocked out. Uh, pretty nice placement. Now, as far as did Samsung actually work to get it placed like that, I think you'd be foolish to think not. Amex is debuting a no-fee card with premium-style rewards, I find interesting. Terms of the new card will be that it will carry a 0% interest rate for the first 15 months and 12.99% thereafter and 21.99% after that. Somewhere between 12 13% and 22%. Can you imagine borrowed money at 22%? It should be, it feels like it should be illegal, but I guess if you need the money, you need the money. Customers on their new card will have access to the full rewards programs, which includes perks like you know, transferring travel points that aren't available on other Amex products that don't have an annual fee such as Blue, So it's got the new anti-fraud technology, the EMV, which is known as the Europay International MasterCard Visa. Um, I think it's interesting to note they got Tina Fey as a product sponsor, endorser. Amex is a company that I believe in. It's been around for, I'm going to say, 100 years. It's been around since Carl Malden was doing commercials, and I was a young boy. I sense they'll be around for a long time coming. To get your calls in the air, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Markets are selling off a little bit on the Ukraine issue. Um, Russia-Ukraine. Russian stocks are getting murdered. Russia's interest rates are getting jacked up. That's really, I think, the story that it looks like Putin could be facing sanctions if he keeps the war talk up. S&P 500 down 18, sitting at 1841, the Dow's down 191, sitting at 16,130 and the Nasdaq down 49, sitting at 42.58. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I was listening to a recent show of yours, Tony, and, and the topic came up about buying rentals and it was a 1031 expert and it was kind of confusing about you should always buy rentals and sometimes live in them and then buy rentals again. Tell me a little bit about who it was, what you were talking about.
5: Uh, Bay Area expert, 1031 Exchange uh, Services, uh, James Cayas. Uh, you can always go to my website, com and find that information out. But 1031 exchanges are, are a tool that investors can use to move profits or their, their taxable profits from one property to another without uh, assuming those taxes. Uh, and it's basically investment to investment. And it, it, it's not just real estate. It's all other kinds of investments as well. But one of the tools that investors will use, for example, we, the example that we used in, um, for the show was a, a lady had two properties here in San Jose, okay. and she wanted to buy a property in Hawaii. So she was going to do a 1031 exchange from those two properties, identify the property within 45 days in Hawaii, buy it within 80, 180 days, and move the money over to that property. Then she, what she wanted to know is how soon could she move into that property without, as a primary residence. Well, the answer is basically one to two years. It's uh, kind of what they call the gray area of this this whole transaction. But once she moves into the property, she will not pay taxes on that property. So what it is is a tool until she sells it or dies. Um, it's a tool that, that investors use to basically have other people pay your mortgage, build equity, and then you can transfer those taxable assets to another investment property and then move into it and never pay taxes on it. Keep in mind, that's a scenario that
1: sounds great. Yeah. It doesn't always go that well. It doesn't. And sometimes you'll get a rental and you don't realize, like, whoops, it's a little too far from jobs. I could afford it. I'm going to do it. And then you're like, you learn that it's the jobs that you need to get tenants inside to pay that mortgage.
5: In that case, maybe 1031 exchange over to another more desirable area with higher rents. Yeah, And and you don't pay the taxes on
1: the sale and then you move it. You Basically, you're deferring them. And there may not be taxes on the sale to to make. Like, again... That's the problem with real estate conversations. Is a lot of times the experts that are telling you how great of an idea it is, they're financially compensated, and the information comes out best case scenarios. Like I, I throw, I mean, I'm a financial expert, no, and no, I say back out your four. I get what
2: you're two. saying. Yeah,
5: I get what you're saying. It's not for everybody, and it doesn't work in a, every single time. But it is a tool that, that investors can use to do that. Time. Let's say for example, Rob, that you, you have a property. I hate it you. when
1: you do that. say for example,
5: you just went into salesperson mode. But go ahead, finish your thought. Let's say you have ten properties, okay. and the first property you bought is no longer, and maybe the first two properties you bought are no longer desirable, and they're not getting the rents. But you have some equity in it. Maybe you even paid them off. You could combine those two, those two assets, the profit from those properties, and move it into a more desirable property that has higher rents. So, it, it, without paying the taxes. So, it's like I said, it's a tool that can be used, and it's available for investors. Okay. I mean, it's essentially like that. And 1031 is just a code
1: in the IRS tax. Stark exchange, whatever you want to call it. Starker Exchange is another word for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So it's just financial code for the IRS tax code mm-hmm. that allows you to move from property, uh, move from rental. No, no, it's the word. I'm looking for investment property to investment property. Right. Like asset to like asset. And that's the kicker phrase. And why would you want to work with a, an expert in this area? Like, why not just... Do it in well, the
5: law the law requires that you have an escrow company help you do the transaction. Okay, they're the ones who are actually monitored by the Fed, or regulated uh, to make sure that you're following the rules about identifying a property in a certain period of time and selling the uh, and then buying the new property and having funds
1: moved from escrow to that property. So, my rental property in North Carolina, if I ever get a hair up my hiney and decide that I want it closer to me, mm-hmm. I could. Do a 1031 from that one that I've had for 10 plus years, move mm-hmm. it to like maybe Stanford. You mm-hmm. um, have it in a college town. It doesn't have to be a college town, it could be a variety of like consequences. Yeah. So, um, but, and I would hire an expert
5: to help me technically find. Well, file you still need a realtor to sell your house, a realtor to buy your house, but in between is you're going to have an, a 1031 exchange company. Really? Yes. I'm surprised by that. Like I, I always want to be able to do that on my own. You'd think so. Yeah, you would, right? Yeah. Here in California, you use escrow companies to buy your house and sell your house and do refinances. It's the same type of thing.
1: So this man knows a little bit more about me on the fine details of real estate. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's Tony Mendez. does a show here on KDOW, AM 1220. Find him at KDOW.biz or his website, BayAreaLoanSource.com. So the talk and the rhetoric coming out of Russia is pretty aggressive at this point in time. It seems in all likelihood that the drama is escalating. And that brings up the question, should you sell in your 401k before there's a big market event? When I say the content is escalating, it's coming out. Russia's Black Sea Fleet has told Ukrainian forces in Crimea to surrender by 5 a.m. tomorrow or face a military assault Ministry did not immediately confirm the report, and there is no immediate comment by the Black Sea Fleet, which has a base in Crimea, where Russian forces are in control. Could be an interesting day tomorrow. I don't know enough about politics to really say what's going to happen and not going to happen. The market is saying, look, Russia's going to face higher costs of borrowing. That may be a reason for them to back off. Then again, Putin... He's a, tough, he's a tough one to read. I don't invest in Russia in any way, shape, or form directly. I don't go after Russian stocks. I don't play that, you know, oh, they got a lot of oil angle. I don't like Putin. His form of capitalism ain't my form of capitalism. And as Warren Buffett said, look, you know, if things go to heck in a handbasket, I'm buying. I agree with Warren Buffett. And again, that may make me a Pollyanna or Easy you know, to criticize. But again, I would so much rather uh, bet on American business than bet on uh, than bet on Russia and what will or won't Putin do. Americans opened their wallets in January, spending rose four-tenths of a percent. Consumers are shelling out more for services. Bill Gates reclaims the Forbes top spot on the richest billionaire lists in the world. It's good to be Bill Gates. To get your calls in there. It's 800 516 1220. It's 800 516 1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Or Facebook fan page, Cron4 Rob Black. Take a break here and be right back.
5: Day after
1: So we have a negative day on Wall Street. We're at record highs last week. The situation in Russia Ukraine is roiling markets worldwide. I don't know if I correctly use the word royal. Um, I look at this situation as we've kind of been here, done that. Will Fox run a headline tonight that says something along the lines of World War III? Maybe. Maybe they're right. World War 3 didn't disrupt this market. In fact, in the last World War, the markets rallied. Markets tend to react favorably towards there tend to be spending. It's probably the craziest concept that I'm you to you know, buy into. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Warren Buffett's full of it. If you ever look at any of the stuff that comes out of his annual meetings, they're pretty crazy. Like He plays ping pong with a giant ping pong paddle. He has a lot of fun. He is one of the world's wealthiest people for a reason. I, if I had to, say, dedicate your time to a news story right now, I'd say Warren Buffett's letter to shareholders. Going to get you a lot further in life than focusing on Putin. Again, I, I probably can't convince you. So I understand people want drama. People want to be right. People, you know are their own worst enemies at time. Taking a look at some of the top stories of the day, there's really not that much going on. Um, Russia gas threat shows Putin using pipes to press Ukraine. You know, that's the big story. And I wish I could say it wasn't. It's just manufacturing in the United States expands at a faster rate than forecast. Woo! GM, Chrysler, Nissan exceeding sales estimates in February. Yay! But I just can't get past this Russian investors angle. Um, Ford, February U.S. light vehicle sales down 6.1%. So you are probably getting this, right? Consumer spending in the United States rose more than forecast in January. That's the biggest driver of our economy, the consumer spending. That should be the story of why the markets can support the recent 52-week highs. But I keep coming back to this Russia thing, right? You too? Can't seem to get out of it, can you? Uh, Bad weather is biting restaurants. So companies like, restaurants like, and this is tough for me to say with a serious face, Olive Garden and Red Lobster, weather is crushing them. That's starting restaurants, but the whole restaurant group that has any exposure to the northeast, it's it's a cold winter. And when it's a cold winter, you bundle up and stay inside, and you start looking through your cabinets and going, ooh, I'm going to eat down on this because I'm not going out there. People die in cars on the east coast tied towards rain, snow, sleep. People stay in. Uh, If you've never experienced an east coast snowstorm, it goes something like this. On Wednesday, there's a big snowstorm approaching. It's going to hit Friday, Friday at drive time. And that sends people into the stores like a Safeway. And the shelves look like a a horde of locusts hits it. People panic on the East Coast at weather. It's cute. So restaurants don't do terribly well during these types of events. And it's been a, a pretty long December, January, February Uh, Play on the cold weather. Now, March, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Apple's launching CarPlay, an easy way to turn on your iPhone and Siri, plugging it into your car's navigation system. It could take over your car's digital display. It could do apps, phone calls, maps, music. It'll be controlled with your car's buttons. CarPlay will work with Honda, Mercedes, and a bunch of other brands. Is that reason to invest in Apple? It's a nice story. We'll see how well it sticks. Uh, You know, I got into a Ford last year. And um, so I got into a Ford last year. Oh, and their app system, they have, like, you can download apps onto their display. It didn't feel very good to me. So needless to say, I wasn't pumped and excited. You can find me online, Facebook page, cron 4 Black. Cron 4, Rob Black. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Um, today on my television show at 11 a.m. on Channel 4 Cron, I'm going to be answering your emails. You can always email me, rob at robblack.com. One of the emails that come, came in is, is now a good time to short Tesla? Now, I don't short stocks. In large part, who would have ever seen the spike in Tesla, taking it as far as it has? Tesla's down two bucks today. On a day where people are selling... It's down two bucks, down one tenth of a percent. Uh, actually it's down almost one percent, eight tenths of a percent. So it's not getting hit by Russia and Ukraine. I could make a case that this is a time to shorten stock, but I can't do it. Americans will buy crazy stuff. I know this, you know this. So I can't recommend people go out and try to short a stock. Um to me, it's the game of, you know, there's always someone out there who's willing to spend money on things. Someone bought Apple at 700 right? 800-516-1220. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Yeah. Facebook fan page, Cron 4 Rob Black. That's K-O-N-4, Rob Black. You can get a podcast of this show at kdow.biz. It's Biz. Take a break here. We'll reconvene in 22 hours. Let's see if there's anything left of the Ukraine in the morning. Take care. Good day.